is another sports podcast. To another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with a packed crew today as we talk to Money Mike Gilchrist, Gino, last name omitted, and Pat McMahon hoops himself. Very exciting show we have for you today. We're going to talk all about NCAA basketball, a little bit about the NBA, a little bit about baseball and football. We've got all the sports packed here for you. But Money Mike, how have you been since our last episode? I've been doing good. I, uh, I I have to request that I get my fantasy football championship trophy, Gino. Now that you're on the show, he needs to send me my championship trophy that I've earned and then took away from him. <laughs> Funny, Mike, that was, that was a valiant effort. You know, it was kind of a, you came into the playoff confident. You're like, there's no chance anybody's going to beat you. And nobody did. And I know we talked about a little, that a little bit after the season as Gino presents the trophy here. Gino, you said yeah. you're going to be giving it to Mike soon, right? I don't know if he heard you. <laughs> oh, uh, can you hear me? Yes. All right. I can't see you guys anymore. Um, <laughs> He's asking if you're going to give me the trophy soon, Gino. Uh, no, I did hear that. Um, <laughs> hold on. I kind of wanted to be able to see you guys, but never mind. Can you still hear me? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> uh, my legal team is currently working on the legitimacy of Mike's claim of winning. Uh, but potentially, yes, I will give him the trophy, uh, depending on how the investigation goes. Well, I did run into Gino's uh, father at Wegmans shortly after the championship. He was buying sushi. I was buying chicken breasts. And he told me that I had a very small chance of receiving the trophy because he thought that Gino was going to throw it in the river. <laughs> You're very lucky I didn't throw it in the canal. That was yeah. the first thought I had. Is that a tendency you you have very frequently? Is to throw things in the canal, or is this a, a first time thing? Most of my possessions are currently in the Erie Canal, <laughs> all for various reasons. All right, that's Gino for you, friends. Uh, Pat, how are we doing, friends? This has been an absolutely crazy tournament uh, that we have uh, watched here throughout March, going into April. Uh, you've been having fun. You've been throwing some bets down. Oh yeah, it's been it's been a good tournament. It's been been pretty good for for me, me as well in that in that case on the uh the gambling side of things, so can't complain. But yeah, it's been tons of fun. Like I said, probably the craziest in our lifetime. Well, before we get into the results here in a little bit, I mean anybody who's been following the tournament knows how crazy it has been. And Pat, do you think this is something that people should have expected just with how much teams weren't really separating themselves from the pack throughout the season. There wasn't really one dominant team that was better than the rest. For sure. I think, I think it, 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 this definitely with no, none of the ones he's making the elite eight, like that was a little crazier than expected, but I don't think like each individual one seed losing should, should have been that surprising. But the fact that all four were done by the sweet 16 was pretty crazy. It was absolutely nuts. By far the craziest NCAA tournament we've seen throughout our lifetime, and I think the NIL and all of the new rules that they put into place has a lot to do with it. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that as we go through the tournament, but first thing we have to do here, and congratulate mm -hmm. the man on the podcast right now, one of our guests today, Gino, last name omitted. He was the winner of the ADSP bracket group. Congratulations, Mike. Technically, I was, but since the contest was to win a 
shirt or a gift card. I'm not going to win my own award, so we'll give the, the championship to you. How's that feel, buddy? Thank you for the consolation prize. I will be <laughs> gladly taking the t-shirt, uh, size large. Size large, perfect. And I know you're very excited about that. Well, very quickly, we gotta we got to take a look at the standings here. You can see that... Look at that name at the top, Money Mike. Does that kind of bug yeah. you a little bit? You know, you know, seeing me win. Uh, you know what? Seeing me eighth bothers me more than seeing you at one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the crazy thing about that is I won this bracket group without having one correct Final Four team. Like, like, what are the chances of that? There's only a couple people in our entire group that have a Final Four team left. Gino is one of those people. He guessed Miami to make the Final Four. And uh, Sir Burrito Bandit in the chat who picked Colgate to make the championship. He also had UConn making the Final Four, so he has someone as well. So uh, it's been absolutely crazy. Let's see where our uh, college basketball expert came in. He came in 10th in the group, a very pretty valiant effort. Pat, where do you think it went wrong with your bracket? Um, you Houston, probably don't remember what your bracket, obviously. bracket was, do you? I was going to say, I hate to be that guy, but I had like, well, I told you guys, Texas, Houston, UConn, and so some other ones I've already, uh, that I put UConn as a champion, I clinched, so it's, uh, but in that one, I know I did have, I think I had Gonzaga beating UConn, I'm not sure why, because I knew I liked UConn more, but um, yeah, that, that definitely set me back, and then Houston, I thought they were the best team, but they were given the hardest bracket of anyone seed, I think. Yeah, Houston dropping to Miami, who obviously has turned out to be one of the best teams in this tournament. That game against Texas was absolutely fantastic. Money Mike, did you watch the game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I was uh, rooting for Texas, and I was uh, disappointed that they had a 10-point lead with eight minutes to go, and they blew it. But it was fun for me to walk into work the next day because I had a, I had one of my managers at work is a huge Kentucky basketball fan. We all give him shit for it because he hates Syracuse. Um, and he was talking about how much better the SEC is than the ACC and how, you know, there's Alabama, there's Kentucky, there's Tennessee. And, you know, the ACC sucks this year. But you know what? The ACC has a, a representative in the Final Four and the SEC does not. So, so I was pretty... Pretty excited about that. Pat, how, what did you think? I know you're a Notre Dame guy. What did you think of uh, them hiring Penn State's head coach for their new basketball position? Oh, I love, yeah, I love that. I think Shrewsbury is a great hire. I think, um, like, think about Penn State basketball 10 years ago, even five years ago. Like, they never have had success. And then the last three years, they've been relevant. And it's all because of Shrewsbury. Came up under Mike uh, Matt Painter from Purdue, too. Has the Indiana – I think he also assistant at Butler. So he has the Indiana connections. He's turned around a storky bad program in a big conference. So I think it's a home run hire. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I was pretty I – was, I, was, I was very curious what your thoughts were because Penn State did so well like, to get there. I was like, I wonder mm -hmm. if that, that's the one he was hoping for. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the disappointing thing about this bracket for me was that it was so exciting, but Syracuse wasn't a part of it. It was just like, oh man, I wonder, how, you know, with teams that like lost that didn't expect it. It's like, that means that teams that no one expected to win could have. So I was like, oh, maybe Syracuse could have made a run you know, against yeah. all odds. And we said that during the last episode too. We like, none of us here, none of us really had that much personal rooting interest in the teams that were in the bracket, right? No Syracuse, no Bonaventure, no UB, no, uh, this really anybody that, us personally right. for but gino uh on your, your standpoint what made you pick baylor as your national champion in your bracket 
I knew that um, just that program has had a dark stain on it ever since Yale out-rebounded them however many years ago. I believe it was 10 years ago. And so I had a feeling they would try to uh, kind of rally against that and go on a deep run. Uh, but unfortunately, I was wrong. Did, did they win a championship in the last few years? <laughs> Haven't they already really yeah, think mean... of that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's more the rebound thing against Yale. Okay. All right. Well, that, that was a... a <laughs> probably felt like a solid choice going into it, but they were also another team to fall early. They ended up falling to Creighton in the round of 32. So let, let's kind of dive a little bit more into how this tournament has played out. And Pat, we'll start with you. Uh, let's talk about the number one seed, seeds here, starting on the top left here with Alabama. What do you think happened to them? Did you, do you think they just ran into a defensive buzzsaw in San Diego State and it kind of just accentuated their flaws? Pretty much. And, and yeah, San Diego State. See, I actually, in my bracket, I believe I had Virginia beating Alabama because they're Virginia and San Diego state are similar teams is defense first. And I figured one of whoever got to the sweet 16 between those two was gonna give Alabama problems. Cause like you said, they're just so they just bully you defensively, make it ugly. And then it didn't help I, that Brandon Miller was dealing with some injuries. I, I, he had a groin issue throughout the tournament and, and yeah, they just couldn't hit a jump shot, had a little, Huge scoring drought in the middle of second half, towards the end of second half, when when they couldn't afford to, and San Diego State just played a perfect game almost and and pulled out. Yeah, man, it, it was an absolutely great showing. It was unfortunate because I chose Alabama to win among other people in the group, and I'm sure a lot of people around the country rooting for Nate Oates as the coach over there. But they'll have a, another chance next year, I'm sure. Uh, moving here to the bottom left, let's talk about the number one seed, Mike. I'm sure you watched this game. <laughs> or if you were able to watch this game, I know you chose Purdue to win in one of your brackets. What were your thoughts on them falling to Fairleigh Dickinson? I thought it was pathetic. I mean, they've lost their last three tournaments to a team that's 13th seed or lower. <laughs> so it's pretty pathetic. The thing with Purdue is that they relied solely on their big man. Um, and when they really were double, triple teaming him, they could not make a shot. And it just happened to be that the FDU was able to make a shot and their pressure really caught Purdue off guard. Their full court pressure was really catching them off guard, I felt. And I was probably about, like, I don't know, 12 minutes left in the game. I'm like, Purdue's not winning this game. Like, they, this looks like an upset to me. Like, it's just everything's going in the way of an upset where this team is making all their shots and Purdue's missing everything and they're just not playing, like, their normal game. So it's just very disheartening because I had a friend who went to Purdue and then I told him that I picked them. And he told me that they're a regular season team, not a tournament team. And when they lost... He said, and I quote, it's a line from the Big Bang Theory. He said, I informed you thusly. Uh, yeah, he, he did warn you. And uh, unfortunately, you're right. When I was watching this game, it really just seemed like Purdue was a team that should have been one of the best teams in the country. So talented, so stacked from top to bottom. But when the, the lights got too bright, they realized that there was potential for them to be the second one, uh, number one seed to lose to a 16 seed of all time. Uh, I think they, they started to feel the pressure. And Gino, as someone who rarely ever feels the pressure when you're in a competitive setting, uh, did you end up watching this game, and were you disappointed in how Purdue looked? This was actually one of the few games I did watch. And uh, while the game was impressive, I just wanted to point out uh, Paul Boone uh, kind of destroyed you on Twitter by hitting you 
uh, with a, a fun fact after your fun fact about FDU when he had mentioned that the FDU head coach used to coach ball at his alma mater. Yes, Clarkson. That's right. Yeah, that was the. So I thought that was kind of a bigger upset. <laughs> that was a bigger upset. Shout out to Paul Booth. Uh, Pat, I, I have a, a question for you as well with this. Um, what the hell is his name? The the tall guy. What's his name? Zach something. Edie. Yes, Zach Edie. He's seven foot four. Obviously, mm-hmm. just an absolute specimen from a, a a size and athletic standpoint. But is the has the NBA kind of moved in a way where a guy like him just can't won't really be able to find success i i don't know about how much success he'll have but i think he at least makes a roster like you look at a guy like boban Mm, he's boban with way more skill and and the thing with ed is he only started playing basketball i think when he's 16 and he's like like 21 or 22 now so he he is gonna between his sophomore and junior his like improvement was just insane so like a guy that's still that new to the sport he'll he'll get better and you see his like free throw form like he has some touch the only thing with like got with like his size and his his feet are still pretty slow and like the one thing where the game has changed it's, it's gonna hurt him is just defending the pick and roll is gonna be really tough for ed yeah but there will be uses for him in certain in certain instances for sure in the nba yeah, I mean, I hope so. It, it certainly that height will go to waste if he's not able to make the NBA and make a contribution. So that, that, he'll, he'll probably be a matchup guy. He'll probably be a guy that they have on the roster. Right. And like instead of doing small ball, like that they have a few bigs out there. That that's when you put him in for yep. matching the size of what the other team is putting out there. That's what I see because he's not a guy that's going to spread the floor and be shooting threes because that's what they want in fives now too. Like it's really positionless basketball is what it's turned into. I don't see him succeeding as in terms of like being a starter or a key. A, a key piece of a franchise, but definitely like one of those guys that they bring in for matchups is where I think I could see him playing a significant role. I don't know why this name comes to mind, but like a Mason Plumley type. <laughs> no, fuck? yes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just remember I was betting on a, a Hornets game the other day, not the other day, but a while ago. And I saw I was like, oh, Mason Plumley's still in the league, and he still can't shoot. He, he's still just your stereotypical big man. You know, yeah, Udonis Haslam is still in the NBA too. You know, right. <laughs> yeah, but all right. Um, There's always room for a Plumlee and a Zeller somewhere. They're out there. <laughs> oh yeah, just a tall, oafy white dude getting you rebounds and playing mm-hmm. defense. Yep, that's uh, it's the name of the game. Uh, shout out to Sir Burrito Band in the chat for the subscription. You are the fucking man. Thanks for always supporting. Um, moving on to the next one seed that fell early on, Kansas fell to Arkansas in the round of 32. This was a team that a lot of people picked to win the tournament. A lot of people thought that they were the best team coming into this tournament. They they were led by some seniors that have been around for a while, that, that lots of experience and very talented. Pat, what were your thoughts on the, the Jayhawks falling early? Uh, I wasn't crazy surprised. I think I had them losing to UConn the next round anyway, but they – Arkansas, UConn, or Kansas, like Houston, got a really tough draw. Like, those two regions were clearly the, the tougher regions on that right side of the bracket. Um, but they had – Arkansas, like, they had injuries and a lot of weird stuff during the year where their their full roster wasn't always on the court. But when they put it together, like, they have some talent. They have three, four NBA players on Arkansas roster. So they um, – you know, when when they're playing well and could put everything together, they're a super tough team to beat. So it really didn't surprise me at all. 
Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Those are the types of teams that really come out of nowhere. It's kind of like them and uh, Michigan State, which you called as well, like a couple teams that you knew could make a run because they're well-coached and they, they've got talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Kansas Falls early. Uh, Gino, how many games did you watch? You said you only watched a few. <laughs> I, I watched uh, some of the Friday night games during the round of 64 and then uh, a good chunk of the round of 32. So I did watch most of that Kansas-Arkansas game. And, uh, I kind of thought it was neat that it was Kansas versus our Kansas. And that <laughs> was about, about that. the extent of what I thought. Nice. You know, did, did, did seeing Princeton do well with the orange and black and their uh, logo being a P, did that kind of make you feel like home a little bit? No. Uh, no. Well, it more made me think of our, uh, our rivals because – uh, the Princeton's are Tigers, and I believe that is what Mexico's uh, mascot is as well. Yeah, but that that uh, I still say to this day that is a stupid reason to have a rivalry because the the other school has the same colors that we have. That's the rivalry, really. Like I think the close proximity <laughs> as well. Probably <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was told it was that, no. That was the reason I was told was that it was the same colors. I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. I mean, that was. I was like, maybe if like yeah. if some Phoenix kids pull a prank on Mexico kids or vice versa, then I could see it. Dude, anybody you know? listening or watching this podcast that doesn't know that Phoenix and Mexico are Central New York villages, they're gonna be like, "What the uh, hell are they talking about?" Phoenix. I used to, to, when we would go to the Jim Beheim basketball camp, and I have my Phoenix basketball T-shirt. They'd be like, "You came all the way from Arizona," and I'm like, "Look at my pasty white skin. You think I came from Arizona, you moron?" <laughs> there's plenty of white people in Arizona. Sure. <laughs> I've had a decent number of conversations with people where I tell them from Phoenix and they assume I'm from Arizona and I just let it slide at this point. <laughs> yeah, you got the Arizona vibe. Also, shout out to your sweater. I love that sweater. Thanks. I found it on Twitter. Pluto, never forget. <laughs> there it is. Then the official colors of Pluto. Shout out to Pluto. All right. Uh, last number one seed we have here, Pat, you kind of dove into it a little bit earlier with Houston. Uh, they were given a tough racket and a lot of people picked them also. They, they were also another favorite for people as their champion mm-hmm. and they end up falling to Miami in the sweet 16 Miami, a team who has always shown flashes of greatness throughout the season, but it seems like they've really figured out the right time to put it all together. Yeah. I wasn't super surprised by that. Like I thought. Houston could lose in the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, but if they were going to make it out, that they they could have won it all because they do have a ton of talent. But Miami is just a tough matchup for anyone when healthy because they just have four guards. They're like interchangeable. They play super fast, and then when their big guy Omir is healthy, he is impossible to beat on the glass. Like that was why they lost to Duke in the uh, in the ACC semis. Is he got hurt, sprained his ankle like two minutes into the game, missed the rest of the game. Um, and Wong was in foul trouble. So I think if that doesn't happen, they probably would have won the ACC tournament title too and been better than a five seed. But as a result, they get a five, they get in Houston's region, and then, you know, here they are in the final four. And going back to that Miami and Texas game real quick, I I was watching that game, and Texas just looked unbeatable for three three quarters of that game. Like, offensively, they looked they monsters. And Miami was having their way on the inside and the paint. Uh, but they weren't really shooting any threes, so they didn't seem like they were that type of dynamic offense that could rack up points quick, and, and Texas was building a lead. But then Texas got cold, and once Miami was able to put on the pressure, their, that, that Miller dude, his free-throw shooting was 
immaculate. He had like 15 in mm-hmm. a row or something like that. Like sometimes a team just has to get hot at the right time to make a run. And Miami's one of those teams. Yeah. They also just, like you said, at, towards the end when they're against the wall down eight or 10 points, they, they put on the press. They can't press the entire game, but when they do it in spurts, they, they've been able to just cause havoc the whole tournament. But they were almost, I thought they were going to lose a Drake. I think they were down six with like a minute and a half left against Drake and, and then Drake kind of melted down, but, but yeah, they, they kind of just turn on that press for four or five minute stretches and, and teams don't know how to beat it. And, and when Isaiah Wong isn't, isn't, well, he didn't really play that well in, in the Texas game, but like he didn't put up that great numbers, but he's their guy. Right. And the fact that they were still it's, able to win against a team like right. that is pretty crazy. It's kind of funny. I would say Wong is their fourth best player this year, but he just won. He got first team all ACC just on the legacy. Like, oh, Miami's been good and he's the name we all know. But I would, you know, Jordan Miller and Norchad O'Meara have been their best players. And yeah. then I would argue Nigel Pack is probably better, has been better all season. But that's how good they are is Wong. Yeah, it's a guy everyone knows and he is a stud, but he's probably their fourth best player. They're just really balanced. Yeah, definitely. Funny, Mike, who, do you th- who are you rooting for in the – the tournament uh, in the remaining matchups. We have San Diego State, FAU, UConn, and Miami. You got to go for the underdog. If you don't have a dog in this race, you got to go for the underdog. We're going for Florida Atlantic. You know, I, I can't, I cannot, I, I can't root for UConn because of the rooted rivalry between Syracuse and UConn, even though it's, it's dead now because we're out of the big East. So I can't root for them. Um, I don't really – I'm rooting for who the winner of the FAU San Diego State, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Miami winning the championship because they're ACC, but so it's like ACC pride. But I wouldn't feel ACC pride about Duke. So, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would say Florida Atlantic is the team I'm pulling for the most. Gino, is there something unexciting about this why did, tournament? Why did you have <laughs> a, t- a slide of two pictures of me? <laughs> because you won the tournament. You won the group, so I wanted to, to put another couple of pictures of you. We're going to put those back up here real quick. Yeah. Uh, two beautiful up. shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two very similar shots. Your face almost looks exactly the same in both of them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't changed much over the years. One of those, I think, is from uh, 10 years ago, and the other is from a couple years ago. And... Oh, that's from your ten. wedding, Drew. That's from the whole, that's from the the Roman Oswego when we were prepping for your wedding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember walking others... in and I'm like, "When's Corey getting here? He's standing right there on the left. I didn't recognize him at all." <laughs> um. The, the other is from the Bills uh, football team uh, tailgate. Wasn't yeah. Syracuse football playing a game that day My at Drew's wedding. wedding? Yeah. 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 Did they win? I don't I think don't so. Know. Uh, G, that's what you were watching at that point, right? Gino? So, so, so Drew's wedding was bad luck for the for Syracuse. Uh, I feel of, like they lost, and Drew, maybe your brother lost money on the game or something. <laughs> that sounds about right. Anytime a Torres gambles, it just doesn't go well. Um, so, going going back to the final four, Gino, what, what do you think is going to happen here? I mean, I think it's probably going to be FAU, UConn. Uh, just judging by the way you put this up, I'm assuming San Diego State's playing FAU and Miami's playing UConn, but I could be Very wrong. Very good. Very yes. observant. So, uh, I actually wouldn't mind UConn uh, winning it all. Uh, I like the Big East. I mix it 
Uh, the only team that I hate would probably be Georgetown and, and Duke. So I'd be fine with UConn winning it all. Yeah, I had to give Burrito Bandit shit in the chat for picking Duke to win it all in the group. Uh, but yes, that, that that's a solid uh, solid prediction, Pat. What do you think is going to happen now? You can give us your detailed analysis. I, I actually think I got UConn beating FIU as well. I know FIU is the dog against San Diego State, but they've proven they can beat those kind of physical defensive teams. They beat Tennessee. They you know hung around all game and then had the kill shot, and they finally – hit some threes and San Diego State's like that too. San Diego State's not going to run away with it. They don't score enough to run away with it. I think FAU is too good of a shooting team, but they'll, they'll hang around. I think they, they pull that off. And then for as good as Miami's been playing, I think UConn is, is this tournament, they've looked like the best team in the tournament. They, I don't think they haven't played a close game. Yeah. Um, and I think like, like I was talking about, Miami puts that press on UConn's kind of more equipped to handle it than anybody. They go nine deep. Their guys aren't going to get tired. Andre Jackson, uh, uh, Newton, those guys, Hawkins, they're, they're really good with the ball. They're not going to turn it over. So I think UConn could could build a lead, and, and I think they'll be able to keep it better than Texas. And then I think I think they'll just be too much for FAU to handle. So ultimately, yeah, it's not fun. No one likes to see another Blue Blood win again, but I think it's going to be UConn. Hey, yeah, well, I, I, I think that UConn's going to win. But here's how this tournament has gone. Every round, the team that you think, okay, they're the favorite now, that's the team that gets knocked off. So that's what I fear for, for UConn fans. But I, I, I think that you're right, Pat. They've been basically obliterating everyone in their path. Yeah. I, I'm going to change mine to Texas, actually. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Texas didn't really uh, pull it out for you there against Miami. Uh, Madden in the chat says San Diego State, seven to eight guys average 10 points a game defense. Uh, too long for FAU. That that was actually kind of a point I was going to make as well. I, San Diego State, they've got the, the recipe to, to stop a team like FAU, right? FAU is a team, at least from what I've gathered in the games that I've watched so far, that loves to put up points, love to move, loves to move fast, and it kind of relies on their stellar offensive output to get wins. And honestly, whenever we see that happen, the defensive-minded team, I don't know, Pat, if you, if you would disagree, wins more often than not, right? Um, yeah, for sure. It it depends. Um, but like I said, I think Tennessee is like a mirror image of, of San Diego state in terms of style. I know Tennessee was playing without their point guard. So that obviously was, was a huge loss in San Diego state's coming in healthy, but I don't know. I just think they, they're not going to keep, they keep as good as their defense is their opponents have been shooting so poorly. They held create like Creighton, Alabama, so bad from three. And I think FAU finally breaks through. They're going to be the one team that, that hits their shots, you know. Um, and, and even against Tennessee, you know, they, they shot under 30% from three and still won that game. So I think they, they've shown they can kind of win despite they can go through some slumps and figure it out. They're playing – this team's playing with no fear. Like, they're – you know what I mean? It, it, it also helps in that regard. Like, you have no expectations. They're just having fun out there. I think that surely helps. Gino, had you ever heard of FAU before this tournament? Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in the Florida Atlantic um, region, and as a bird enthusiast, um, obviously you can expect uh, me to come across uh, the college on uh, a lot of Google searches. Uh, so I knew of them from that. I didn't know they had a basketball team, though. Learned that this year. Well, there you go. You learn something new every year. Money Mike. 
question for you. I, I was I was gonna ask this before. Obviously, there's a lot of upsets, a lot of like Cinderella type stories this year. Because there's been so much crazy craziness, do you think it's kind of diluted FAU's story a little bit? You know, because every year we, we have at least one team, right? There was Oral Roberts, there was Loyola Chicago, there was George Mason all those years ago. Florida sure, Gulf Coast University. all those years ago. Yeah, exactly. Florida Gulf Coast, right. Uh, like, I feel like Florida Atlantic isn't getting the same amount of love because just this, I mean, we don't even, the highest seed we have is a four seed. First time in history, no one, two, or three seed has made the final four. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do see your point to that, but at the same time, there were a lot of those Cinderella stories, like with Princeton and, um, right. you know, FDU beating Purdue. It, it, there were there were a few teams that like were going on unexpected runs. That yeah, it took away from the Florida Atlantic the team that no one, including Gino, has never heard of before. Um, you know, well, I kind of like heard of them. <laughs> you didn't know they had a basketball team. You just said that. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't think they're getting enough credit for being that Cinderella team because there have been so many. But, I mean, that's what makes the, the – the, that's why they call it March Madness is that you, you really cannot predict it. And what's funny is that um, if you look at the women's bracket, the team that's by far the favorite is still in it. And it's like it's, – it, it, I don't even think it's as exciting to watch as this. But yet uh, some instances men's ratings have been down, but women's ratings have been up this year. From yeah. from last year's tournament, which I think is kind of funny. It's like the, the in my opinion, the more predictable tournament has seen ratings go up, and in some instances, the less predictable tournament has seen ratings go down. I don't know whether what there is in that, but that's uh, yeah. I think with the women's uh, tournament, there's been a lot uh, a lot more um, media coverage. I feel. I mean, we're seeing commercials constantly. Oh, yeah. for for the women's uh, tournament. The uh, her name is escaping me. Pat, do you know the the woman that plays for Iowa? Uh, Clark. Clark. Caitlin Clark. Yeah, yeah. I've heard she's been a beast, just just putting up numbers. So mm-hmm. it, it's probably made it interesting in that that standpoint. But yeah, like you said, Mike. Also, it could be because all of these bigger names are falling so early in the NCAA tournament, and the Cinderella story aspect just isn't there as much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was talking to, to my dad about this the other day. I said, you know, it's great for us as fans to see upsets, and it's exciting and the unpredictability. At the same time, from a sales and marketing standpoint if i'm a representative for the ncaa i really don't like this final four i mean it's so much easier to sell and and market a final four where it was like kansas uh texas you know duke all these big brands that's what they probably wanted to happen and they didn't get it so like they're making do with what they've got again i I personally love the unpredictability but i bet the high high people at the ncaa were like oh fuck. So, I was just gonna say, I know people in Houston like they're gonna lose out on so much money because none of three of the four teams don't really have a fan base. Like no one cares about Miami or FAU basketball down in South Florida, San Diego State. They're not cheering for anything. So like I was just seeing, it's the tickets for Monday night's title game are under a hundred bucks right now, which is crazy. Wow. Um, to get in the door because yeah, they like none of the UConn's the only team with a true fr- fan base, and they're the furthest away from Houston. So they're really uh, losing out on some revenue, the hotels, everybody, uh, all you know, the stadium, all that. Because these yeah. three, like I said, like it's just it is funny where like if you think of if Syracuse made the Final Four, you know, if if Buffalo or Bonaventure, the campus would be going nuts. I don't think FAU campus was. Uh, I don't. I, I doubt there was any uh, you know riding going on there or <laughs> or San Diego State. No one cares out there. They got the good weather. That's all they care about. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And like Gino said, nobody's even heard of FAU as a basketball team. I think for my my prediction, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict San Diego State to win all win it all. I'm gonna go with the defensive team and see if they can still keep that going. So we got Money Mike predicting UConn. Wait, you said UConn, right, Mike? Yeah, rooting for Florida Atlantic, but I'm predicting UConn. All right, and uh, Pat predicted UConn as well, and Gino predicted Texas. Is that correct? Yes, originally UConn switched to Texas though. <laughs> okay, Gino, congratulations again on winning the bracket group, my friend. That was uh that was a hell of an effort. And uh, it's going to be remembered for years. Yeah, Mike, you kept mentioning that the tournament was so unpredictable, but I guess for some of us, uh, it was a little more predictable than others. I don't know if you'd agree. <laughs> I, I, all I all I know is this: send me my trophy. <laughs> you might get it in May. You might never get it. We'll see. You know, my birthday is May fifteenth. Think about shipping it then. Uh, I am not going to pay to ship this. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally fair. That's going to be a, a pretty penny. Um, very quickly, too, uh, just to go through some of the, the rest of the details here, there's going to be some names here that y'all will recognize. I'm going to actually be giving shirts to the top five people, and actually myself and Kristen ended up placing in the top five, so it makes it easier. I only have to give Is your brother... Three of the people. Is your brother Ang 310? Yes. It's Angelo. Wow, Torres crew coming in hot, top four. Yeah, yep. Rigged. It's it's rigged, yes, yes. Uh so so shout out to everybody who who participated. It was a lot of fun. And uh we'll we'll, we'll try and figure out some other contests throughout the year because it's been really fun to to track some of these things with with uh, our listeners and viewers. All right. So, moving on from college basketball, we're going to talk a little bit about NBA and then we'll, we'll let our guest go. Gino, he has something that he would like to share with everybody. Well, let's, thank you for putting a Utah Jazz photo on there. Uh, but I thought it was interesting, the teams left in the Final Four. If you add up all of their seeding, do you know what number you get? It's uh, 23, okay. which is LeBron James's number. Now the That's Lakers have a four, his number six. Uh, his original number, back when he was a rookie <laughs> in Cleveland, LeBron, 23. Uh, the Lakers have a 48% chance of making the playoffs, 1% chance of winning the finals. So I'd say probably bet your money there now while you can. Oh, wait, are you a Laker fan now, Gino? Folks, don't don't bet on the Lakers. I'm a Utah Jazz fan, but um, I think everyone should put a lot of money on Lakers' future uh, win the championship this year. Well, bet on the Celtics. Seeing as uh, Pat McMahon is the gambling expert here, what are your thoughts on that proclamation by Gino? I, I'm staying far away from the Lakers, so I'll say. <laughs> our man. That is totally fair. But all right, well, we'll dive a little bit into the, the teams of our two friends here, and then we'll, we'll allow Mike to talk a little bit about the Celtics as well, as I'm sure they're killing it, as they have been all season. But we'll start with Pat. Uh, team on the top left, led by Kyrie Irving. And Luka Doncic, what is going on with these guys? They're 37 and 39, 11th in the West. Why are they struggling so much with the, this new addition of Kyrie Irving? Because it's Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's just the, <laughs> the that was the most predictable thing in the world that he's going to come in and be a cancer to the team. Like he's been everywhere. I remember when I was hanging out with some of my friends, well, all the Mavs fans when the trade was announced, and I'm like, how much are these guys going to hate each other a month from now? And yeah, I just. I I don't know. It, it I get it. 
from management's perspective of like you want to please Luca, you haven't given him another true superstar. Like talent wise, yes, Kyrie's there, but there's just something about him everywhere he goes. They can't it, the teams fall apart. Last Friday they gave up the uh, worst. They were uh, the Hornets had the biggest upset of the year. They were 16 point underdogs and came in and beat Dallas and Dallas with Kyrie and Luca playing without LaMelo ball for Charlotte. And then they go to Charlotte two days later on Sunday and then they lost in Charlotte. I don't know. They're playing Philly right now. I don't know if that's any, that game's close, but yeah, they, they're in danger. As of today, they're not even going to make the play play in tournament. I know they, they still could. They're like the West is crazy where they're, you know, I think a half game out or whatever. They're tied but, for the 10th seed with Oklahoma City. They're tied now. Yeah, it, it's they'll probably get into the play in, is my guess. They'll probably win a couple games, but and maybe they get, you know, the eight seed after the play in tournament. But I, I don't expect too much from them this year. And then Kyrie's going to leave because he's, you know, he's not on contract past the season. And then who knows what they're going to do next year. They're going to have the same, same issue in the last, as they've had the last few off seasons where they don't really have any true superstars to pair with Luca. Hopefully they can attract someone in free agency. That's tough, man. I mean, I mean, at least you guys saw the writing on the wall, the wall right when the decision was made. But I it was mean, so predictable, right? But but even prior to them signing Kyrie Irving, like Dallas, was, they they were decent, right? They, they weren't they, doing great. Like, yeah, they, they were like doing the great, but they were place. right. right. So, but like still seventh or eighth place, you would think they would at least get a little better as opposed to a little worse, right? And, and that's what that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah, um, right. But speaking of which, before we move to Gino's team, uh, Pat, how fun has it been to? To root for the Mavericks, though, since since you moved down to Dallas, it's been fun. Yeah, well, weirdly, the best year was the uh, the COVID year, the the when the playoffs were in the bubble. You know, you couldn't go to any games or anything, but it was they, um, you know, they were pretty good that year. And then actually, sorry, I forgot. Last season yeah, was actually when Western they went to the Western Conference, Conference Finals. Finals. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the last two seasons have been fun to root for, but uh, that's right. And I I wanted to go to the playoffs, but tickets were crazy expensive at that point but um yeah you you would have thought they would build upon that obviously Jalen Brunson had a bigger impact on the team than than people realized and losing him was was huge yeah Jalen Brunson was fantastic leading those Knicks to the number number five spot in the Eastern Conference money Mike is crying because the Knicks are actually playing well uh (laughs) uh, Gino I don't care about the Knicks (laughs) (laughs) moving on to Gino's team and Steve's team we talk about them frequently throughout the season the Utah Jazz, they are definitely out uh, playing Steve's expectations coming into the year. He expected them to only win like 15 or 16 games. And right now they're sitting at 35 and 40, uh, number 12 in the Western Conference. What are your thoughts on how they played this year? Have you watched any Utah Jazz basketball throughout the season? Uh, well, I'm not going to answer that last one just yet. Uh, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, through through the first 75 games, how many games they would have won, I would have said 35 probably. Um, they, they are kind of shocking the nation as far as uh, trading away all their best players and then uh, still kind of being in the mix this, uh, this late. But I, I think that's just kind of the life of a Jazz fan. They draft a good player like Gordon Hayward or Donovan Mitchell, and then they get traded five years later, so... We got all these draft picks, and uh, we'll get some good players, and then we'll lose them five years down the road, and uh, we'll just repeat. And the, the, the Jazz are an NBA farm system. 
pretty much. Well, that's an unfortunate way to be a fan, but uh, it is what it is. It's the it's the truth. It's what's been going on. Uh, very very quickly here, Madden actually added a good point in the comments section. I believe he's actually a Mavericks fan as well, as he lived in Dallas for a long time. Said it actually makes up twenty million in cap space next year when Kyrie is gone because of the trade. So yeah, they'll have the room. Hopefully, yeah, they can attract some players. But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to attract any of the big names. But we'll see what they can do with this extra cap space. Yeah, you just got to make some good decisions in free agency. Uh, Money Mike, all right, what are your Celtics doing? Well, first, before I get into my Celtics, who was the one who told you, Drew, that Kyrie Irving was the worst thing that Dallas could do for themselves? Me, because I saw Kyrie Irving in Boston, and I know that he's a cancer. He sucks. I hate Kyrie. Uh, I always would root for Dallas as my second team behind the Celtics because of Dirk. All those years, he's because he's still my favorite player to this day. And when I saw he got traded to Dallas, I was like, oh, fuck the Mavs. And for the rest of this year, because Kyrie's there. So, you know, I I like Luka. I like Mark Cuban. I like the Mavs. I do not like number two, Kyrie Irving, because fuck Kyrie. Anyway, um, yeah, the Celtics are a team that have been frustrating me a little bit lately because they their biggest flaw is that they live and die by the three-point shot. Uh, I don't feel like they're always aggressive enough. Uh, to score without the three ball. And they're a much better defensive team than they've been playing lately. I feel like they're not committing uh, as much energy to, to that end of the floor as they were last year um, when they really got hot last year on their playoff run. I don't know if they're feeling like well, a lot of NBA players do in the regular season. They're kind of going through the motions, and then once the playoffs start, they're going to turn it on. If that's the case, then I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about them. Right now, they sit as the two seed. They'd be playing the Miami Heat in the first round. I don't really like that matchup just because Miami always gives us a headache. I think we still beat them, but I don't want to get beat up in the first round and go into the second round with a bunch of bruises. I really hope that it, circumstances happen where we're playing the Nets in the first round because that'll be an easy sweep, warm up for the, the playoffs for the second round because um, we'll probably be playing Philadelphia uh, in the second round. But there is still a chance the Celtics can take the number one seed from Milwaukee. We have a head-to-head with them tomorrow night in Milwaukee. If we win that game, we'll have the tiebreaker with them we'd still be a game and a half back. And when we lose games like last night to the Washington Wizards, it's like, fuck, man, we got to win the games we're supposed to win because Milwaukee is so good that they're not going to drop. They're not going to drop games to Detroit and the Wizards like we do. So, so um, majority of our games left are at home. I like that. Uh, The game against Milwaukee is going to really be telling if we lose tomorrow, then I'm like, okay, we're, we're the two seed. And I got to hope that Brooklyn drops a few more games and they're, the seven seed, or we've—I I don't really again between Brooklyn, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, and Miami. The only team I don't want to play in the first round is Miami. So if circumstances can happen where we're playing one of those other teams, I'm good. I'm yeah. good, and I, I feel—you I, I, know—I'm not concerned about Philadelphia in the slightest at all. I know I should be with Embiid and Harden, but honestly, we've had their number. I'd be more concerned about playing either Cleveland or New York in the second round than Philadelphia. So not worried about Philly. And I just, I felt this way all season long. It's going to come down to Boston versus Milwaukee in the Eastern conference finals. And what sucks is that last year was a seven game series, but we had home court advantage this year. It looks like they're going to have home court advantage if we can't, you know, win tomorrow night and close it out. So I am nervous about that, but I still feel like the Celtics are a team that you should, I feel like the teams you should bet on going deep into the playoffs this year in the NBA are the Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, the Phoenix Suns, if they stay healthy, and you got to give Golden State the love because they. You're going to say the Kings, you bastard. The Kings are going home in the first round. I keep telling you that. They're, <laughs> that's 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 their destiny. That's their fate. They're going home in the first round. Light the beam, Gino. What you got? I don't want your listeners to 
lose money by taking Mike's advice. Uh, you should be betting all your money on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell is going to be taking that team deep into the playoffs. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You just to told Mike. our listeners, I, I, I have to challenge you on this, Gino. You just told our listeners 15 minutes ago they should put their money on the Los Angeles Lakers, and now you're telling them to put it on Cleveland. Yeah, but you can, you're allowed to bet on more than one team. So those would be the two teams. Yeah, but you said all your money. Gino, will you go to Madison Square Garden to watch Donovan Mitchell play in person against the Knicks in the first round? You're you're within driving yeah. distance of Madison Square Garden. Nah, it's too far. It's like a five-hour drive. All right, what about Cleveland? It's not that far. That's also probably like a four-and-a-half-hour drive. It's still closer. If um if you guys pay <laughs> for my ticket and gas, <laughs> then I'll go. Oh, Pat, Pat you were going to say something? I was just going to say, if follow Gino's advice, you get Lakers and Cavs in the finals, and you're sitting pretty. We're in, you know, you have no worries. That's true. Man, Gino, this is becoming enticing, man. I might have to pull the money out of the savings account and put it down. <laughs> if Kristen's uh, listening, I don't condone this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's probably, probably good to cover your ass there. Uh, very quickly here, uh, I was going to mention my Sacramento Kings. They're uh, the third seed in the Western Conference. Let's go, baby. I love you some Kevin Herters and De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. You know, that, that team's going to uh, bring Sacramento the chip they rightfully deserve. Um, and then <laughs> also, uh, shout out to Burrito Band in the chat. The Raptors are in ninth in the Eastern Conference, and they'll be most likely in the play-in game, uh, if not uh, solidifying. Or actually, yeah, they'll, they'll most likely be in the play-in game, so. They're definitely in the mix as well. Well, oh, Drew, I, I hate to uh, I hate to insult your Kings, but I was listening to ESPN get up this morning on my way to work, as I always do. And Brian Windhorst, who's an NBA expert, said the reason the Golden State worked so hard to come back last night is because they want to stay as the sixth seed so they can play Sacramento in the first round. Like, they are licking their chops to play Sacramento. Oh, Every, and he goes, that's everyone's goal. He goes, the Lakers' goal, the Golden State Warriors' goal, the Clippers' goal. Everyone wants to play the Kings because the Kings are a team that people view as a bad defensive team that's young and has no experience. And it's like, that's the team you want to play in the first round. You don't want to play Memphis with Ja Morant, uh, famously known as J.A. Morant. And they don't want to play Denver with Joker. With, with Joker. So... Yeah, every anybody that's a lower seed in the West that has to play one of those three teams, the team you want to play is Sacramento. Keep sleeping on the Kings. It's all right, man. I I will snooze. I will snooze on the Sacramento Kings. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Enough King slander. That that'll be it for our two guests here. We'll start with Pat. Any final words for the listeners and viewers of another damn sports podcast? Um, not too much. I'd say uh, if you want to get crazy this weekend, do a parlay. UConn minus six, FAU money line should pay out pretty nice. That's I, I think those that's your matchup in the final. And I think UConn could win comfortably. People love Miami, but I do think they'll be able to handle the pressure and can cover that, that six points. Oh, yeah, nice little parlay action, low risk, high reward. FAU money money line. Pat is locking down on the owls. Gino. Oh yeah. Gino, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I just wrote that down, so I'm probably gonna bet on that parlay now. So there you go. Thank you. Oh yeah. Any final words of uh, gloating 
for winning the bracket? Uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to FingerLakes2.com. It's the number one news site for Finger Lakes region uh, news. And I want to highlight uh, Greg Gregowski, the sports writer for FingerLakes2.com. He's been working on a mock draft series for the upcoming NFL draft, I think. He's posted picks 1 through 16 so far. And I believe he's going to be doing the whole first round. Uh, maybe more before the draft, so definitely check that out. Do you know this guy? Or is this just a random shout-out? Uh, it's a shout-out to, again, that's FingerLakes2.com. It's the number one news site for Finger Lakes region news. Okay. Uh, there, there's your random shout-out of the day from Gino. Um, all right. Well, thanks, boys, for joining. Hope you had fun. I'm, I hope everybody listening and watching had fun with these guys. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you guys. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you. Please consider me for the next uh, internship uh, round. All right. We'll do original host of the podcast, Gino. All right. You know, there's a villain in the Superman series, uh, Superman lore of comic books. Uh, there's a character named Bizarro. I, I, I think that Gino fits in that category. <laughs> yeah. I, Bizarro is a solid way to describe our friend Gino, but he is a fantastic guest, original host of another day of sports podcast and a great friend. All right. Moving on from basketball, we're going to talk a little bit about football as we always do on this podcast. There are some news stories that have been going on related to NFL free agency that we have not touched since the last show and money, Mike, I actually don't know that much about what's been going on other than the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a pain in the ass, right? Yeah, and there still hasn't been at this point. It's not really on him. He said he's he's at least said it publicly. He he is intending to play for the New York Jets, but the Green Bay Packers seem to want too much for him, uh, according to uh, the Jets' perspective on this. I guess like they want a first round. They're, he want they want the Jets' first round pick this year for Aaron Rodgers. Um, look, I I understand Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, but he's also 39 years old and the most flaky bastard we've seen at the end of every football season, whether or not he's going to play or not. So if I'm the New York Jets and I have a really, really good roster, the only thing I'm really missing is a quarterback. You know, I'm not going to give up uh, another key future piece for a guy who will be there for a year and maybe that's it. You know what I mean? Like he could just retire after next year. And then you, if you give up too much, you sacrifice a bunch of your future for this guy for one year in an AFC that's so competitive. Like the AFC is stacked. It's not like the Jets are in a weak conference and if they go all in, they're going to be the clear-cut favorite. Just by adding Aaron Rodgers does make them like formidable, but he still has to build chemistry with these guys and they still have to prove it because they are the New York Jets. They're not like some, you know, if, if he was going to New England, then it's like, okay, all right, well, we can write off that they're going to win the AFC East and that they're going to go do this because it's Bill Belichick and with a great quarterback. We've, we've seen that for 25 years. It's amazing. But this is the New York Jets, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like I, 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 the person I feel the worst for throughout this whole thing is Jordan Love. Because all he's wanted to do since he was drafted is probably get a chance to prove why he was drafted in the first round. And he's not, still not getting that chance. Even though Green Bay's talking like he's going to be the starter at the beginning of next year, Aaron Rodgers is still on their roster and has said he wants to play football. You know, I, I still, I could, I could see a version of this story where Aaron Rodgers goes, you know what? I think I want to finish my career in green Bay after all. I don't think the Packers want that. And I don't think he wants that, but it's just like, I, I saw this meme. It said breaking news. Aaron Rodgers still not traded to the New York jets. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news. Yes. That is 
massive news. Uh, two two points here. Number one, I have to give uh, Madden a shout out here in the comment. He says uh, he he obviously feels kind of from a devil advocate devil's advocate standpoint compared to what you were just saying. He says Stafford got two number ones and a two. It's only one pick. You have a higher chance of missing that pick than getting it right. Now, like you said, it is potentially just for one year, so it is kind of a a risk for one year of success. But if you're the Jets, right? If you feel that signing Aaron Rodgers, even just for one year, is going to guarantee you some sort of success, even for just one season, you might want it, honestly, because they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Like, they're, they're just trying to have some semblance of success, you know? Um, and obviously, signing Aaron Rodgers, there's no guarantee, right? He wasn't able to make the playoffs last year with the Packers. But the thought is, right, the Jets, Jets are a better roster. They have more around. So bringing in a guy like Rodgers is almost a guarantee to them that they can have some success. Yeah, I mean, again, Matthews, the, the Matthew Stafford comparison is Matthew Stafford was also 33, 34 years old. So it's like, theoretically, he still would have like five, six years in the league. I know he had injury issues, and obviously he was injured this year. But look at the Los Angeles Rams as a perfect uh, cautionary tale. True. Yeah, they got their Super Bowl, but they had no depth anywhere. So once their key guys got hurt, they sucked. And they had to rely on trading for Baker Mayfield to try to save them, and that didn't even work. So he's now on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So <laughs> I mean, the Los Angeles, again, if you want to get a quick Super Bowl, and again, if the Jets were guaranteed, if they were told, you make this trade, you're winning a Super Bowl next year, yes, I would do it. But that's not how life is. We're not told before we make decisions that, yes, it's going to absolutely work out if you do this. You know, Talk to it, the Denver Broncos about that, right? Right. I mean, again, another cautionary tale. <laughs> Yes, yes, another cautionary tale. Um, but the other, yeah, the other big NFL story that's been going on quarterback wise is the Lamar Jackson storyline, which is that he has officially announced that he demanded a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I, you could see that coming. I mean, because, you know, everyone was talking about, oh, if the Ravens franchise tag him, he's not going to want to play for them anymore. He might not play at all. Like he'll like sit out or whatever, which I don't think would actually be smart of him to do. Um, but, a lot of people say it is smart of him to do because he has to try to fight for what he's worth. Again, are, what are we talking about here? Are we fighting about him fighting for getting a long-term deal, or are we fighting about him getting a guaranteed contract? Because why is if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a guaranteed contract, why does Lamar Jackson deserve one? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's all pissed off about the he he he's set himself on a uh, his sights on a fully guaranteed contract just because. Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract from Cleveland. But guess what? The Cleveland Browns suck. They're a terrible franchise, and they made a terrible decision. Why should I, I – I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from Baltimore's perspective. Why should I be stupid like my rival who sucks, whereas we've had success with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco? We've won Super Bowls with those bums, and you want us to pay you a fully guaranteed contract? Like, no, Whoa. I'm sorry. No, I, I believe that they should tend to a long-term contract, but not to not, – <laughs> Joe Flacco not, catching not, a stray, dude. He's January Joe, bro. Come on. He was January Joe, but look at him now. <laughs> after he has, after he got, after he won that Super Bowl, you have to admit, after he won that Super Bowl, when he went, he played great on that run. He was terrible after that. He was I awful. Know. I know. Yeah, he was not the best, and you are correct. And that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. If you're the Ravens, you're like, listen, we can win it all with with. <laughs> as you said, bums at quarterback, right? So why why invest this much money into Lamar Jackson? I think some detractors would say, well, the league is changing. It's a quarterback-driven league. You need a solid or a really good quarterback to win it all, um, more so now than before. But 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There's not much basis to agree to give Lamar Jackson that much money and that much guaranteed money, especially with his um, injury history. So everything you're saying I, makes sense, and I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I, I Look, I understand people want uh, – the player power has been more of a thing the last few years because, you know, NFL players look at NBA players and see how much power that they have, and they want that. Um, the only issue is that the NFL is a much bigger risk than the NBA. In terms of players, you can you you know players don't get hurt nearly as often in in uh, the NBA as they do football, and like you know one injury can be very traumatic. Look at the Demar Hamlin situation. Look at players like Joe Theismann who had a career-ending injury. You know what? football is a very violent sport, so guaranteed money is very much like again. I can see why a player would want that for their own protection, but I think if you want guaranteed money. If they want that in the league, the players do have shorter contracts. Like if you want guaranteed money, okay, I'll I'll give you a guaranteed contract for two years, but that's it. You don't get a long term guaranteed because there's not a long term guarantee you'll be around eight years from now, five years from now. You know, it's just it it just it's not logistical. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Now baseball is able to do these big money contracts because baseball doesn't have a salary cap. You know, whereas the NFL does, and the reason the NFL does is because they want to have what the NFL's had for years, which is parity. They want the small market teams to have a chance to win the Super Bowls. Yeah. They don't want the same team. The Buffalo Bills, right, Mike? Well, well, the, the, the Buffalo Bills have, uh, they've, at least they've gotten to a Super Bowl. They've had a chance to win one. They just are inept and allergic to success. Therefore they can't, you know, <laughs> and there it is. Shout out to Poseidon Ian in the chat. It says hi, Drew and other host doesn't even, uh, uh, say you by name, Mike, how does that make you feel? I've never met this man, but uh, <laughs> there's some animosity there, I guess. I think it's probably I probably shit on the Panthers too much when the Giants beat yes. them. I don't know. Yes, that that has to be it. Um, so, uh, any other NFL free agent news that we hadn't talked about since the last episode? I don't think this has been anything huge. Have the Giants done anything? Uh, Darren Waller was signed by the Giants after our last podcast. I think we so... talked about it during the pod. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that was that was that was huge for the Giants. Um, I know that uh, players that are still out there that have big names is uh, DeAndre Hopkins is still out there to be uh, traded for. Um, and then nobody signed Odell Beckham Jr. yet, um, which is interesting. Uh, Cam Newton is coming out saying that he wants to have a comeback at the NFL. And he doesn't believe that there are 32 guys better than him. So he believes he's still <laughs> able to be a starting quarterback. I don't know. Ian saw him in, in, in Charlotte uh, for, for the Panthers. If, if he still got it, I don't, I don't think so, but you know, <laughs> I don't think Ian thinks so either. I know we talked about his return stint last year, and it was it was kind of a caricature. I think I think that that's how people viewed it. Um, Madden in the chat says he is right. There is a thirty-two better. There's forty. <laughs> Damn, throwing the yeah. shade at Cam Newton. That's Scam Newton. How dare you? Yeah, and, and 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 you know who? You know, Colin Kaepernick is still available. I mean, no one's signing him. <laughs> He's still good, right? People seem yeah. to think so. Even though he was one and eleven and got replaced by Blaine Gabbert. Yep, that, that is a that's a solid point as well. Uh, Jacksonville, they haven't really done much either. Signed a couple smaller names. Marvin Jones looks like he's going to be going back to the Lions. Um, so so Jacksonville is kind of just going forward with their same roster or a similar roster. Let's see how that plays out. Um, what did you, what did you think about uh you know obviously and we we talked about this off the show but you know with the coach saying that this team is better. Than his Philadelphia Super Bowl team. I mean, 
you're like, what's he going to say? But he, he doesn't have to say that. He can say that he believes in the team and thinks they're good. He doesn't have to go all the way and go, well, they're better than the team that I won a Super Bowl with. Like, he does not have to say that. No one's uh, expecting him to say that. Offensively, I might just on paper, I would agree. Uh, quarterback's better. Wide receiver room's definitely better now that we picked up Calvin Ridley. Um, and Travis Etienne is, is just as good, if, if not better, than the, the backs that that Philadelphia team had as well. Um, I think defensively is where the issue might come in with that statement, but who knows, maybe having Trevor Lawrence over Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, maybe that, that's what kind of bring, brings it over the hump. So it's not a crazy thing to say. It's just they, they got to build on the success they had last year and hopefully come into a season where they, there's sky-high expectations and, and live up to those. Yeah. I mean, right now, with Lamar Jackson being where he is, I've heard him be rumored to go to the Patriots, the Colts, the Lions. Um, and what's funny is if he goes to the Colts, man, if it doesn't work out for the Colts this year, with if they were to get Lamar Jackson, it's like they can't get the quarterback right. They brought in Phillip Rivers, and they went to the playoffs. I mean, Phillip, I, I don't know why Phillip Rivers is brought into that comparison, but since fine. Andrew Luck, yeah. yeah, he did all right. It's, they lost to a better team in Buffalo uh, at Buffalo. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, you know, ever since Andrew Luck, they can't seem to find a long-term answer at quarterback. And it's just, it's kind of oh, been embarrassing boo-hoo. to watch. They went from fucking Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. They can suck my dick. I, I literally do not feel bad for them at all. They dominate our division for years. So they, yeah. they, they, can, they can live in the dumpster for a little bit. Uh, and, but the and, Jags might be seeing, uh, they might be seeing uh, uh, that they're going to be the dominant team in the AFC South for a few years. I think they might have a little bit of a run in them because Houston's in shambles. Tennessee's been falling apart. Indeed, we were just talking about, you know, so I think you might have a, a fun few years, Drew. At least you'll know that your team's going to the playoffs. I'll believe it when I see it, man. These, these teams have these early picks to pick a new quarterback. Who knows? Maybe they could be drafting the next freaking Pat Mahomes or something. And here we are again. So, uh, no, I yeah. mean, you can always count on Houston beating the Jags at least once per year. Yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. We'll find a way to lose to these teams when we're not supposed to. But who knows? Maybe a, a new new time for the Jacksonville Jaguars is coming ahead. And I sure am very excited about it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about NFL free agency a lot uh, throughout this offseason. We'll talk a little bit about the draft, I'm sure, during the next podcast that we do, among other things. Hopefully Aaron Rodgers will have made a decision by then. Steve, by the way, he wanted us to let the listeners and viewers know that he is so sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers in the media that he honestly doesn't care if he ends up a Packer again at this point. He just wants the conversation to be over. Yeah. Oh, I can understand that. I mean, look, there's no team that Steve hates more than the Green Bay Packers. And he's seen them go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, the thought of Aaron Rodgers leaving probably was exciting at first. But now that it's been drawn out so much, it's like, all right, who gives a fuck about this guy? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We just want to move on, move on to the next topic, as we will do on this podcast. All right. And we are going to move on to Sir Burrito Bandit's favorite sport, the MLB. And I do not have a Red Sox player on here. I apologize for that money, Mike. We have Nasty Nestor and Shohei Otani. Shout out to Shohei. Is that how you say his name, yeah. by the way? Yeah, yeah. And okay. he's he rightfully has a place on this podcast because he is, in my opinion, the best player in baseball right now. So. I mean, and he looked like it during the World Baseball Classic, according to Burrito. So, all yeah. right, buddy, Mike, take it away. Let's talk some baseball. Yeah, so opening day is tomorrow. Um, I, I know a lot of MLB fans like myself are really excited to uh, 
finally, uh, you know, opening day is just like one of those days for baseball fans that it just feels good, even though we know we have 162 of these things over the summer. But just opening day is like this, like, celebration among baseball fans. Like, ah, baseball is back. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just exciting to see your team play. Uh, hopefully you, uh, you get to see them win. Last year, I unfortunately had to watch the Red Sox lose in extra innings to the New York Yankees. I wasn't able to actually watch the game. I had to watch it play cast on it because I was at work. Um, I tried to avoid customers as much as possible so I could keep up on the game, um, which sounds stupid because I need to meet customers to make money. But, hey, you know, I make personal choices and I I live with them. Um, (laughs) This year, the Red Sox play at home. So last few years, they've been on the road in opening day. This is the first time they've been at Fenway Park at home for a while. They're playing the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, The Red Sox don't have high expectations this year. Uh, because uh, they just had, they weren't really that good last year, and, and they really didn't make a lot of offseason moves in terms of the pitching staff, which I thought was their biggest weakness. They've added some offensive guys, and some guys are going to get healthy, but um, they're just, they're, you know, their power rankings right now, they're ranked 19th out of the 30 MLB teams. They're ranked 5th in their own division. So I don't have high hopes for the Red Sox this year. Um, but you know, the last time, one of the years that they, I did have high hope for them. They ended up winning the world series. So I think that if you are a team, uh, if you're a fan of the Houston Astros, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, um, the Philadelphia Phillies, you should be really excited this year. Cause you have a team that has the potential to win it all. It's sickening as it makes me have New to say York that. Mets, the Yan- yeah. Go. Well, the Mets spent a lot of money, Drew. They got Max Scherzer and <laughs> they've, uh, they, they've got a lot to, uh, to live up to. I'll be watching zero regular season games, most likely. But I'll be hyped for the orange and blue. Um, <laughs> Matt had a funny comment in response to you talking about the Astros. He says, because they took away technology and garbage cans. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hey, they, they, that I, I don't like the Houston Astros as much as anybody, but um, they're still the reigning... Uh reigning defending champions this year they won it this past year they won it legitimately as far as we know so <laughs> yes yes that that has not been confirmed nor denied at this point but it is in the record books uh yeah so shout it, out to it, opening day go ahead no here's the other thing i love about baseball season drew it means that we're gonna have good weather okay yes. it, say what you want about uh, if you're a baseball fan or not the great thing about when baseball is on you know it's warm outside you don't have to worry about looking out your window in the morning, see if you have to brush off any snow or snow plow the driveway or any of that shit. Winter is over when baseball season's back, and that's what I love the most about baseball is that it's in good weather. Fuck the snow. I thought you were going to say you don't have to worry about actually sitting inside and watching the games. You can go outside and ignore it because that's, that's basically <laughs> what anybody who isn't a baseball fan is doing. They're not sitting inside and watching sports like they do throughout football and basketball season. They're going outside and enjoying themselves, but... Yeah, you're right. It does it does bring a different energy into the air. So uh, I'm very excited for everybody who's a baseball fan, as for, as well as for anybody who's excited for summer weather to come into play. Yeah, um, all that paddleboarding you do, Drew. Yes, all that. Love me some paddleboarding. You know, I'm a very <laughs> aquatic being. Um, so uh, kind of to end this podcast, there there were a couple combat sports that I wanted to talk about with Steve, but unfortunately he wasn't able to join us today on the podcast. So I guess I'll kind of talk about it myself a little bit as Mike just did with baseball. Um, uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship, UFC. Shout out to Leon Edwards, the welterweight champion of the world, defeating Kamaru Usman for the second straight time to retain his title. We'll see who he ends up fighting next, whether it's Colby Covington, whether, whether it's Jorge Masvidal, whether it's Gilbert Burns. There's so many different choices. <laughs> Honestly, if you're not a UFC fan now, I would definitely recommend that you start watching coming up because there are some hella good cards 
coming up, including is Israel Adesanya defending his belt, or not defending his belt, fighting for to get his belt back from Alex Pereira. Uh, their fourth match uh, against each other, where Izzy has lost three times, twice in kickboxing, and once in MMA. That's going to be a fun one. But moving on from UFC, the big event for this weekend, Money Mike, as I'm sure you're very hyped about as well. I know Burrito Banda and Madden are both hyped about it. WrestleMania. Roman Reigns versus uh, Cody Rhodes in the main event. Who do you think is going to win, Mike? Say the names again. <laughs> Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> All right. Well, Burrito says fuck Cody Rhodes in the chat, so you're you're an enemy of him. But uh, that's going to be an exciting main event uh, this year. I've, I've watched a little bit of wrestling throughout the year, and it's been really fun to, to, to watch the main story of it all. I know, Mike, you're not a big wrestling fan. but uh, I, I don't understand the point. You know what's going to happen. Like, what, what, like you know, it's, it's all – You don't I mean, know what it's going to You don't to know happen. it's – but, you, but here's the, no, you know it's scripted. That's what I don't like about it. You know it's yeah. scripted. It's like, come on. I mean, I, I understand the counterpoint to that. It's like, well, you know a movie's scripted, but you buy into that. It's like, okay, well <laughs> – yeah and that's basically what the, the guys say do you watch tv that is scripted yeah he's about to watch survivor that's scripted too no it is not it is not <laughs> i know i know i know that that's a that's a big uh drew i'm actually attending a big fight tomorrow Are i'm you? attending a big i i'm attending a big fight i'm going to see creed 3 and see adonis creed fight his childhood friend damien uh so i'm very curious that i think the fight's at yankee stadium so I'm going to be uh, jumping back into the Rocky Creed universe tomorrow and finally seeing Creed 3. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to to watching it. There you go, man. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. So Chris and I will definitely watch that. That is also scripted, Money Mike. Keep that in mind when you're watching it. You're like, oh, yeah, but Michael Jordan's Jordan, Michael, Michael, Michael B. Jordan's a good actor, and he's also directing this film. So yeah. I, 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 I throw it to the side. <laughs> My bias. <laughs> yes, I, I know. It's, it's all... It's all jokes, friends. It's all jokes. Uh, wrestling is fun, but some sometimes people they, they didn't watch it when they were young. They just they just don't get it as much, and I totally understand that. But uh, shout out to everybody who's going to be enjoying WrestleMania this weekend. Shout out to everybody who's going to be enjoying Opening Day of the MLB. It's a very exciting time in sports right now. Final Four for basketball, as we just talked about before. The NBA season is wrapping up soon, so the NBA playoffs will be starting, which is always a fun time as well. Even outside of NFL season, it's a fun time, right, Mike? Yeah, and uh, the the NHL is going to start their playoffs. Uh, are the Buffalo Sabers in the picture or no? No, actually, I don't think so. They 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 started hurting themselves by losing again. Um, oh, typical <laughs> Buffalo sport. But they did get a couple big wins recently, so they kept themselves like on the outside looking in, but still in the running. Let's see. The Atlantic Division. Where the hell are they? I don't even see them on here. Uh, right there, right there, uh, top. So where you see where oh, the Boston yeah, Bruins are? Yeah. yeah. So they they still got some work to do. Um, yeah. I don't think they'll be making the playoffs, but they're the closest. Yeah, <laughs> the my, closest my, my, my my dad's a big Boston Bruins guy, and my uncle's a huge hockey fan. He told me, and he's an Islanders fan, but he's like, I don't see anybody being the Boston Bruins. So we could see the Boston Bruins and the Boston Celtics both bringing championships home to the city of Boston in the same building in the same year. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you would be real hype about the Bruins over the Celtics. Uh, well, no, my dad's a Bruins fan, so I'd be happy for him in that regard. But I would definitely I, – if, I, if only one of them can win, it better be the team in green. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's – that's totally fair. Uh, shout out to the Buffalo Bandits, by the way, Mike. 
Oh, dear God. They're killing it, man. <laughs> Men's lacrosse. Box lacrosse. I should have talked to Pat about that. He's a big lacrosse is guy. That, is that how pathetic the Buffalo Bills are that you have to, like, celebrate the Buffalo Bandits? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. They're fun, though. They're, they're fun games to go to. Though that, if you went to a Bandits game while you lived out here, you would not have been yawning at that game. I promise you that. Okay, well, I, yeah, because I, I did famously yawn at a Buffalo Sabres game, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes lacrosse is a little bit different it's fun but all right we're we're rambling here at this point uh hopefully we were able to touch everything that you wanted to touch today mike i think it was a a good show uh on the during this off season you know we, we sometimes have to search for things to talk about but like i said there's a plethora of fun sports coming up um yeah we had a fun group today although we still missed uh steve the oracle den blaker hopefully the next time we do a show he's available yes so. absolutely well Thank you so much, Money Mike, for hopping on to do the show. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you to everybody who listens to this podcast. You all are the absolute best. I hope you all enjoyed the final four of the NCAA tournament, and take care.